E-S-N-Y. Sable Radio. The New York Jets. Of course it's the New York Jets. I'm a sick son of a bitch. I'm a sick pup. I can't break away. I can't do it. The Yankees, they're unstoppable. The Mets, after a tremendous second half, dipping a bit. Alonzo, back on a tear. I think two games out of the wild card right now. Two or three. Might be four. I should know this. But I can't. It's the Jets. Less than a week away from week one. Two days away from the opening of the NFL season. Packers-Bears. The 100th anniversary. I'm like the Joker in the Dark Knight. Like a dog chasing cars. I wouldn't know what to do if the Jets got to a Super Bowl. Am I a fan? Yeah, it's obvious. I grew up a fan. All these media members, 90% of them are fans, grew up fans. But it's important, even as a fan, to separate your fandom from the objective bucket. Fandom, you, you root for your team no matter what. That's fandom. The objective bucket, objectivity, you know, you criticize, you explore what's the best way for your team that you love to go down the right right path, to rack up those wins. If you don't do it as a fan, which is in line with the media objective, you're not doing your team service. If you sign off on every move they make, you're doing your organization a disservice. There needs to be those checks and balances. That's what fandom is. So don't ever listen to the moron who believes you should be rah-rah for every move. It's not what fandom is. Fandom is viewing it objectively and drawing out charting out your own course of action. What should be the right move? How should their business be conducted? Because ultimately, they answer to you, the fans. That's why you get what you get from me. It's not going to be roses 100% of the time. It's not going to be Joe Benigno 100% of the time. Negative. Pessimistic. I love Joe. No, just First name that popped in my head. You know, I I probably went a little too far there. Joe in 2010, give him credit. I think it was 2009, 2009 or 2010, the Rex run. He thought it was their year when they got to the AFC Championship game. So even Benigno is not completely pessimistic. But hey, how can you blame a guy who was a kid in 1969 Witnessed the Jets, Mets, and Knicks, and then nothing else afterwards. What, 1986? 1994? But you get the idea. Dog chasing cars. Oh, and by the way, 
the new Joker movie, whoever made that trailer deserves an Oscar in its own right. That is outrageous. That new Joker movie. Listen, the Marvel movies are great. Game of Thrones, the CGI stuff, top-notch entertainment. But that stuff doesn't hold a candle in my eyes to movies like Joker, Christopher Nolan's uh, trilogy, um, Quentin Tarantino stuff, the real throwback to cinematic uh, greatness. And there's no better time than right now if you love that stuff like I do. Above the CGI fantasy stuff. Uh, the Irishman with De Niro, Pacino. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Which I saw and I was kind of disappointed. I was expecting more along the lines of Inglorious Bastards. Or dare I say Pulp Fiction. At least in the conversation. It was one of you know Tarantino's 5th, 6th best movie of all time. Rather than 2nd or 3rd. A little disappointed. But Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. The Irishman, Joker, you kidding me? That movie, that trailer, that's that's just filthy ridiculous. But anyway, the New York Jets. I can't break away. Off day today, Tuesday for the players. Back at Florham Park tomorrow. Uh, be there Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Another off day Saturday. Sunday is week one. Adam Gase's debut. Le'Veon Bell's debut. C.J. Mosley's debut. I I know you guys are ready, but we'll preview that in a little bit. First, we'll talk about the roster. When they cut down to 53, Ja'Kai Polite obviously gone. I was not shocked. Uh, you know, I kept getting, I kept hearing, feeling this pushback whenever I said Polite is buried. And will not play. Kept getting pushback. Fans wanted to believe it. And it goes back to the first point. As a fan, don't sign off on everything. Don't believe everything. Don't wish away everything. Talent is only one part of the bucket. Joe Douglas understands that. Mike McCagnin did not. He viewed talent as pretty much the entire piece of the puzzle. And wished that work ethic... And smarts and everything else could be taught. It can't. It can't. Talent is just the starter. Talent is the start. Once talent is checked off and you know that guy's talent, next comes work ethic, next comes buying in, next comes culture. This guy polite only had the talent. Nothing else. $100,000 worth of fines? you got to be kidding me. I'm blushing. My high school would be I mean, you know, I thought I had some issues in high school and uh, even college, but let's not discuss that. I mean, you gotta, you gotta attempt. I said this on the Jets podcast the other day. You gotta attempt to do that. You gotta plan out your days. You gotta wake up early, put in your calendar, your Google Calendar on your phone. Okay, 10 a.m. I'm going to go to McDonald's once linebacker meetings start. Okay, 11.30, once positional start, I'm going to be the last man on the field. He's got to plan out and chart a course for that day for that to happen. That's how outrageous that is over the course of one month. 
one summer as a rookie, as a third rounder. So I was surprised. I wasn't completely shocked. Uh, that's a McCagnan move. And the big boy pants are in town. There's a new regime who knows what they're doing. So not completely shocked, surprised, because as a third-round pick, it's, uh, it's rare to cut a third-round pick. But their initial 53, they went heavy on the interior guys, light on the outside. Maybe a nod to Joe Douglas, the former offensive lineman who has already preached that he knows how to, how to build a team, uh, quarterback, and the trenches. But they kept 10 linemen. Uh, nine or ten interior defensive linemen, and we'll touch on that as well. Only five wideouts, and only nine DBs, and only three tight ends. I'm sorry, it was ten DBs, three tight ends. The tight ends surprised me because Gase loves the thirteen personnel. When he goes big boy, he doesn't carry a fullback. Thirteen personnel means Bell is out there with the wideout, probably Anderson, could be Anunua. Especially if they're running it. They want the better blocker out there. And then three tight ends. Griffin, Brown, Wesco. If one of those guys gets hurt, they have no backup. If one of those guys gets hurt, nicked up, 13 personnel is out the window. So I thought they'd keep Tomlinson there. Especially because Tomlinson's a better blocker. Way better blocker than Brown. Probably better better blocker than Wesco as well. Griffin, I don't know. Griffin's a dual threat. He's good both in the run game... And through the air. Brown is by far their fastest receiver. We'll exclude Herndon for now. But Brown's a vertical threat. Not a great blocker. West goes more of the blocking mold. Who is not quick. His hands, we still don't know. So only keeping three tight ends shocks me. They're probably leaning on the fact Herndon is in the chamber. On the team. Suspended. Not part of the 53. Five wideouts. Dorch initially made the team. Anderson, Nunwa, Crowder, Dorch, Bellamy. We now know Dorch cleared waivers, got to the practice squad, and they picked up Berrios. Again, this is a shocker. 11 personnel. You got Anderson, Nunwa, Crowder. After that, no Burnett, no Dorch, no Thompson, no Tim White. It's Berrios and Bellamy, and that's it. And Bellamy is more of a special teamer. So having five wideouts also shocks me. I feel like that's going to change eventually and they'll go with a sixth. Where they're probably being smart about this is Montgomery, a running back, one of four running backs, also can play wide receiver. We've seen it already in the summer. He lines up everywhere. He can play the outside. He can play slot. He came into the league as a wide receiver. So in essence, Montgomery is the Jets' fourth receiver. Take that home to the bank. He's the fourth receiver. Of course, quarterback two, Darnold Simeon. Let's move on. Running back, Bell, Montgomery, Cannon, Powell. I said it in July. You guys heard me. I did not think McGuire was going to make the team. It was an unpopular uh, blurt out by me. He just looked a little heavy. He's still a good one-cut vision-filled runner. But where he falls behind is in the receiving game. He doesn't have bad hands. It's just... He makes weird plays in the receiving game compared to the other guys. Cannon is well above him. Powell, well above him. Montgomery and Bell, forget about it. So, and on top of it, Cannon's a kick returner. Cannon is their kick returner. So, it's not hard to understand why 
when I said it in July, it looked like McGuire was the odd man out. It came to pass. Four running backs make sense. Special team teamers, Bertolet first made it. Bertolet, I don't know. The pronunciation, forgive me. Lachlan Edwards, Hennessy. Of course we know Bertolet is gone, and they brought in Vedvik. We'll see how that pans out. Wide receiver, tight end, we discussed it. Offensive line, they kept 10. It's now 9, which makes more sense with Quali on the IR. Khalil, Osemele, Winters, Compton, Harrison, Lewis, Beecham, Shell, Chuma, Edoga. Pretty straightforward. There was no controversy there. Interior defensive tackle. Now, this is where, as a fan, no one, no one's saying this, but you as a fan, you got to separate these two different types of defensive linemen on this team. There is the defensive tackle, interior guy, and it's not just limited to nose tackle. Defensive tackle. Leonard Williams, Quinnen Williams, McClendon, Fatukasi, Shepard. Okay? These are the guys that never play edge. Never. The other defensive line bucket is Henry Anderson, Bronson Kafusi, uh... John Franklin Myers, one of the new guys, and Kyle Phillips, kid I like. So break it down like that. Even though there's nine interior defensive tackles on the team, it'll show up as three, four defensive ends, but don't call them deep. They're not defensive ends. They're defensive tackles. They're defensive linemen. Think about it like this. Nine defensive linemen, four of which are tweeners. They can play inside and out, as you see with Henry Anderson, Kafusi, and Phillips, and the other five who are strictly interior guys. And Leonard Williams, although he's played on the outside in the past, he, Greg Williams, is making sure he's only playing inside. Leonard, McClendon, Shepard, Quinnen, and Fatukasi. Okay. Edge, Lange, Basham, Jordan Jenkins, Luvu. Clean cut, no polite. Uh, Copeland, suspended. Those are the four edge guys with the tweeners helping out in certain packages. Uh, just did a film review on Greg Williams. If you check that out on YouTube, you'll get a good idea of what I'm talking about right now. It's tough to exactly describe it over uh, audio only. But four edge with the, with the four tweeners who could do both. Four inside linebackers. McClellan was just recently added. Mosley, Hewitt, Cashman, McLennan. In the 4-3, only two of those guys are playing. The third second-level linebacker is going to the edge, which is Lange, Basham, or Luvu. Mainly Lange or Luvu. Corner. Tremaine, Dal Roberts, Hairston. Well, Poole third, Hairston fourth, Mallet fifth, Bennett Jackson sixth. Safety. Jamal Adams, Marcus May, Rontez Miles, Miles, Matthias Farley. Middleton initially made it, later cut. And of course, we went over the special teams already. I mean, not, not a ton of shock value. Polite is the only one. But remember, this is a new regime. Uh, Dorch, everyone's crying over Dorch. Yeah, I wanted to see Dorch make it too. And I am shocked that they just... Why didn't they just pick up Berrios and keep Dorch and go with six wideouts? I'm surprised they didn't do that. They could have done that, but they would have had to not pick up Franklin Myers or cut Phillips or let McClellan 
go and just go with the three inside linebackers, which is tough to do, even though Lange and Luvu are playing some second level. They're tr- they're not true second level backers. Um, I think the bigger shock is three tight ends instead of four, rather than five wideouts instead of six. But um, when Herndon comes back, we'll see what happens. The shock, It's not that shocking what they did. Um, and it all made sense. Phillips, hey, listen, they need an edge guy. Phillips is in between an edge guy and an interior guy, 275 pounds around there. He can play the edge. He's not that quick. But if he could beat his man, um, that's what they need. Their corners are hurting. We know this. But the best way to hide that is a consistent pass rush that gets to the quarterback. That is so far more important than the outside players. It's not even up for debate. Because everything starts from the inside and it trickles out. O-line, pass rush, not a not a six-man rush, a four-man rush. And it all trickles out. So we'll see. If Harrison could add a little at corner, they'll be okay. Brian Poole is by far their best situation at corner as a nickel. I think it ranks in the top 10 in the league. As opposed to Daryl Roberts as the number two corner, which probably ranks middle of the pack, maybe top 20. And lastly, Tremaine Johnson as the top corner, which ranks as one of the worst situations in the league. In terms of a top corner. Now, Buffalo Bills. What to expect this Sunday? The Buffalo Bills are a solid team. Uh, Ranked number two in overall defense last year. 294.1 yards per game. Uh, Defense should be just as good this year. uh, Where they finish scoring wise. They're number four. 18.3 points per game. Josh Allen, quarterback. He has a long way to go. I was a fan of Josh Allen based on his uh, attributes, and I thought he was coachable coming into the league. He's not there yet. He's not even close to being there yet. He bails. He runs. It's not the way to play in the NFL. You can't do it. You will get hurt. You can't do it. You have to be a pocket passer first, and if you run with your legs and you use your legs, that has to be the secondary part of your game. Josh Allen, the way he played last year, Lamar Jackson... It doesn't work. Tim Tebow, in the early days at Denver, when Gase was there, I believe Gase was there, and they and they came up with the uh, zone read offense. It, you just it just doesn't work. So matchups to look for: Jets offense, Bills defense, Le'Veon Bell, and the Jets rushing game. Don't expect much early. I will be stunned. If they run all over the Bills. Absolutely stunned. Of course it's possible. Anything's freaking possible. But think about it. Le'Veon Bell is one of the most patient runners in NFL history. He thrives on those slower developing plays. The misdirections. The counters. The draws. Anything where the offensive line it has a lot of moving parts, pulling guards, um, you know, bluff pass protection, anything of that nature. Le'Veon Bell thrives. Gase knows this. Adam Gase knows this. The problem with those plays is it takes a while to get in 
into a routine with the offensive line. This Jets rushing attack is basically a newborn. Le'Veon hasn't played yet. You could only do so much in camp. Ryan Khalil just joined uh, the starting five. The offensive line hasn't been healthy all August. Those five guys with Le'Veon, with the blocking tight end, whether he's a second tight end or an H-back, Griffin, or Wesco, they, they're going to need a month to get used to the way they want to attack the defense, to find out what their identity is. It's going to take a month. And on top of that, this Bills defense is tremendous um, against the run. Think about who they have up front. Starla Toulier, the uh, kid from Carolina, who was drafted in Carolina years ago, and Ed Oliver. 4-3 team, those are the two defensive tackles. It doesn't get much better than that. That is beastly. And Ryan Khalil and Calicio Semele are going to have their hands full. Against the run last year, Buffalo finished middle of the pack, round, uh, I think, 16th in the league, was it? 16th in the league, won 14.9 yards per game, but Ed, Ed Oliver comes in. I mean, Khalil, Osemele, the entire offensive line, the tackles, Beecham and Shell, which no one could love. Nobody could love that situation. Winters at right guard. It's going to take a while for this rushing attack to get going. In the first week... With terrible tackling and unsure schemes, overthinking it in terms of schemes, having an entire summer to worry about it, it's possible Le'Veon goes for 100. It's possible they bust out. But even uh, think bigger. Think entire month of September. Think the first quarter of the season. The rushing attack is going to need some time to get used to, which means Sam Darnold is the guy on Sunday. This is Sam Darnold's game. Okay, and the offense, it's going it, to zone rushing attack, three-step drop. Darnold is going to have to make those quick decisions and beat this Bills defense. Tremaine Edmonds at middle linebacker, tremendous first-round talent. Uh, Micah, Hitt, Micah Hyde at free safety. White and Wallace at corner. This is where the Jets are going to win this game, through the air. Through the air early, which Gase is not afraid to do. If the Bills are throwing eight in the box, Gase is going to let Darnold do his thing at the line of scrimmage, something we didn't see last year, which was criminal. To not allow a quarterback to audible, survey the defense pre-snap, and adjust is criminal. You are handicapping that kid in such a way that's so debilitating. Rex Ryan didn't understand that. Jeremy Bates didn't understand that. And it regresses kids' Uh, franchise quarterbacks who can become franchise quarterbacks so Robbie Anderson think he's good to go for week one we'll find out tomorrow we'll get more more of an idea tomorrow whether he's okay with that injury uh, Quincy Griffin Jamison Crowder Bell through the air early look for that through the air early that's where we're going to win this game for the Jets offense defensively Josh Allen how often will Greg Williams spy this guy this is the question. This is the question of the game plan for the week. We know what Josh Allen did on the ground last year. He was outrageous on the ground last year. People ate it up. 
Fantasy footballers grabbed him as their quarterback. When, you, when you're getting four points per passing touchdown, but six for a rushing touchdown and a point every 10 yards as opposed to a point every 25 yards, you're going to grab those rushing quarterbacks. How often will Greg Williams use Mosley as a spy or not use a spy and let Jamal or Mosley's athleticism kind of try to take his scrambling away? That's the game plan question. Okay? We know Buffalo likes to run the ball. McCoy, gone. Off to Kansas City. Devin Singletary, Gore, Yeldon. This is what we're looking at right now for Buffalo's rushing attack. A very good offensive line. Jets, you know the personnel. Quinnen, Leo. Bills were ninth in rushing a year ago. Mosley, no Avery Williamson, which hurts, but Neville Hewitt. Spotlight's on him as that second backer. Edge, Jordan Jenkins, great against the run. Not so hot in terms of a, a pure pin-your-ears-back pass rusher. The Jets will need to stop the run. Greg Williams will look to stop the run. It's Josh Allen, so he's going to put the pressure on Josh Allen to beat the Jets in one-on-one -on -one coverage. The problem... The Jets' corners. I, I suspect, even though the Jets' corners have their issues, Greg Williams will start out extremely aggressive, looking to stop the run, heavy doses of run blitzes on early downs, looking to put the pressure on Josh Allen. If Buffalo is smart, they would try to, they would try to attack, get big chunks early in the game to light Greg Williams' hair on fire. I don't know if they'll do that. The receivers, John Brown, the newcomer, Zay Jones, Cole Beasley. They, they have enough talent there. But where the Jets' matchup is favorable is this. Brian Poole, excellent physical slot corner against who I believe is the best Bills receiver who's going to lead their team in targets this year, Cole Beasley. Tremendous. When the Jets' defense plays offenses that feature a... Stout slot receiver, it favors them. If they play defenses that feature a stout outside wideout, it does not favor them. Think about it like that. Poole, he may even be the Jets' best corner. That's not crazy to say. But in this 11 personnel world, that slot corner, that third corner on the depth chart is equally as important as the outside guys. Even more so against some offenses, like Gase, who features the, the slot man to an incredible degree, which you'll see this year with Jameson Crowder. And yeah, Robbie Anderson, number one in targets, Crowder number two. Watch. Anunwa number three. Le'Veon number four, only because of Herndon's missing four games. Herndon number five. So, defensively, I expect Greg to... to very aggressive, put the pressure on Josh Allen. Jamal Adams, Mosley, you got May deep, which is a welcome sign. I don't know. I don't know with the pass rushing, the four-man pass rush, how will that play? It gets tricky when you're facing a running quarterback who bails early. Um, it favors the Jets when you play a Josh Allen type. Rather than a, a Brady or a Rodgers who 
could just torch you from the pocket. That'll expose your weak edge pass rushing even more. So it's definitely favorable for the Jets matchup defensively. Final score. I already said it on the Jets podcast, 27-14. I think they're going to handle the Bills. I think they will handle them. Um, Andre Roberts will not return a touchdown on the opening kickoff. If he does, it's not the end of the world. I know it'll be, as some fans and some casual media personalities like to say, same old Jets, very Jet-like. But if that happens, it's football. The best part about Sam Darnold is he recovers from not just his own mistakes or crushing, he recovers from crushing blows no matter where it comes from. So think about it like this. If In case we don't do a podcast before Sunday, I'll also give, I'll also give you the season prediction, which is going to be written up on Elite Sports New York for Saturday morning. Prior to the Ryan Khalil signing, I was on board for six and ten, seven and nine at the highest. You know, Kalichio Semele for James Carpenter is a half-assed situation trying to correct one of the worst offensive lines in the league. And yes, the Jets were one of the worst offensive lines in the league last year. If you have any Jet fan who says otherwise, go to footballoutsiders.com and look at the offensive line statistics. Dead last in adjusted line yards per play adjusted line yards per play is the benchmark for us offensive line play you know pff pro football focus sure you can look at those grades if you want it's tough though it's it's tough to grade the big heavies up front it's a lot easier to grade the uh the weapons the skill positions safeties corners quarterbacks what have you now that khalil is here which i think is the biggest transaction for the New York Jets in a very long time, other than Sam Darnold, which only came thanks to the football gods and Kirk Cousins saying no. Man, do you, do you realize this? We're going to get sidetracked here, but do you realize if, if Kirk Cousins said yes to the Jets, Kirk Cousins would be here and not Sam Darnold? Kirk Cousins is a fine quarterback, but under the salary cap, you do not spend that percentage of the cap on a fine quarterback. You can only spend a chunk of the percentage on the cap on a top three quarterback, a Brady, a Rodgers. The Darnold salary, uh, since since Jamarcus Russell, since Bradford, I think Bradford, Sam Bradford was the last year where it was outrageous money for rookies, top 10 picks. It's manageable and you make hay during those years. Can you win paying a quarterback outrageous money? Yes, but you got to make sure he's one of the top best in the league. Kirk Cousins is not that. It was not, Kirk Cousins shouldn't be blamed for last year. Uh, the, the offensive line was awful. But in terms of whether it was a right decision to go after him, I, I think it's, it's a no-brainer. It's easily, of course, it was the wrong decision to go after him. But Darnold's here. Uh, I already forget what we were talking about. Got sidetracked. But anyway, six wins, seven wins. That's what I was predicting prior to Khalil. With Khalil here, as long as Khalil and Osemele stay healthy and Beecham and Shell just don't turn out to be the worst tandem, tackle tandem in the league, nine wins. 
nine and seven. That's the final prediction. Maybe I change it to 10 by the time I write the preview, the ESMI preview on Saturday. But a little superstition, first time, first year Jets head coaches, they always work out. They always work out. But more importantly than the head coach is the direction of the franchise. This is the first time since Mangini and Tannenbaum in 2006 where the direction of the franchise is pure. It is as good as anything in football. Prior to that, it was Parcells in 97 as the dictator, the man who controlled everything, who knew football culture meant the world, who knew every little thing about the organization all the way down to their Twitter account meant everything. Belichick understands this. He has input on everything. No, the Jets haven't gone to that hierarchy, that dictatorship hierarchy, which I like, where the GM is clearly the boss and the head coach works under him. They're still on the same plane reporting to the owner. But what they did, what they did that I love is they gave Joe Douglas full control, final say over the personnel, which in essence makes Joe Douglas the boss no matter what. So they did everything right. Other than getting rid of McCagnan before the draft, they did everything right. They're on the right path. I'll go 9-7 and seven now. We'll see if it changes by Saturday. 27-14 over the Bills on Sunday. Early Greg Williams aggression, pressure. Put the pressure on Josh Allen to, to, to get chunks down the field. Look for five, six-man rushes. A lot of A-gap bluffs. And offensively, don't expect the world from Le'Veon on the ground. I'll, uh, I'll say Le'Veon comes away with more receiving yards on Sunday than rushing yards. And it'll be Sam Darnold's game. And Gase will allow it to be Sam Darnold's game. And Gase will allow Sam Darnold to win or lose the game. We'll try to do another podcast before then. But until next time, Sabo Radio. Radio.